Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low-effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome back for another episode of Deeds in the Desert. I'm your host today, Izzy Rizari. I have with me Pat Vassar, Director of Underwriting here at Ignite Funding. And we're going to talk about a topic, once again, we've never talked about before here on the on the podcast, how to become a borrower. Let's go right from the beginning. How, how does somebody become a borrower at Ignite? Well, there's a multitude of different ways someone can become a borrower. 99 plus percent of the time, they become a borrower from a referral basis. We've already had lent to one of their business partners or they heard about us uh, through a, a different uh, venture we've done or they just know me from being in the industry for however many years, 15 years or so. So in the way we were just talking about this offline, actually, uh, in the in the most stereotypical way somebody should do it is they should go on our website, go to ignitefunding.com. They would go to the lending criteria page. And under that lending criteria, it does a good job of making sure that they understand the LTVs we look for, the states that we're located in, some of the things that we require from a borrower before even submitting an application. Let's actually say they go through that process and they schedule a consultation with you. Okay, that's the first things first. What do you look for in those consultations when you have those? Well, what I really look for in the consultation is uh, a methodology I like to call trust but verify. Okay. I want to trust what they're saying, but I need to verify all the information they're giving me. So I want okay. to take as copious notes as I possibly can, see what they currently have, uh, and maybe more importantly, where they want to go from there, and then call the related parties to ensure that what they've been telling me is accurate. So if they say it's zoned, well, I need to figure out if it is. Mm -hmm. They say they've spent a million dollars today, well, show me the receipts. If it's value, they say it's valued at $10 million, well, mm -hmm. let me go get a BPL. So we need to trust what they're saying, but we need to verify all those components. And that's what that initial consultation allows me to do is kind of set up a roadmap of where I need to go from there. What is something right off the bat that you're like, hey, we're not funding it? Like what's something that they either say? Is, is there anything specific that you're just like, nope, we can't do it? No, uh, that's the beauty of Ignite. Uh, there's a very few times that it's a simple no. One is it's located in California, so that's a right. no. Uh, others is the location just generally. If we're not licensed in that state, obviously it'll be a no. Mm -hmm. uh, aside from that, as long as it's collateralized by real estate, we can look at it. Um, if it's a second position, that, that's typically a no. If it is a joint venture, if it's an equity position, then it'll be a no. But mm -hmm. for the most part, people understand that that's not who we are. It's not what we do. Right. Therefore, they don't really bring us those type of deals. So let's say the consultation goes great and they lead them to the application process for the borrower. What's some of the things that you guys are asking on the application process? Yeah. And during the application process, we want to see their past credit history. We want to see their credit score, who they've lent from, borrowed from in the past uh, and their history with repayment. Have they been delinquent on any of those interest payments? Have they missed the maturity date? Have they been late? And see their credit worthiness in the past will be kind of determine uh, how much money we can give them going forward. Even if their project is really good, and great loan to values, mm -hmm. if we don't have faith in the borrower, we're still not going to lend on it. We are not a lend to own 
type of enterprise. So we're not trying to look for those type of opportunities where we can mm. lend to a borrower that we know is not going to be able to repay. So therefore, mm. we can foreclose on it. That's not what we do. Yeah, Some we're not lenders, trying to do any of that stuff. No, not in the slightest. Some lenders do that because they want to own asset right. at a discounted rate. We're not that group. We want to get paid back. Our investors want to be just that. Investors on the lending side, not mm -hmm. the ownership side. Correct. And we try to make sure that doesn't happen. So that's a great thing that you brought up right there is that we, I remember back early on when I started, we did have that loan to own mentality. If we loan on this, can we take it back and actually sell it? But with, I think with the dynamics of some of the things that we've changed over the last couple of years, especially our projects getting larger scale, we, we're not in the business of owning properties. We don't want to own those specific properties, correct? Correct. Absolutely. There's <clears throat> no project that we have it underwritten that we want to take back. Right. Um, we have the ability to take them back. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, that's kind of the last resort. We want them mm -hmm. to pay interest on the 10th of every month. We want to give that interest to the investors on the 15th of every month. And we want it to pay off after the nine or 18 month time frame or 27 months in some cases. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That That's the extent of our relationship that we want. So the borrower turns in the application, you review it, it actually checks all your boxes. What's the next step? The next step is to get the title company involved. We want to go uh, get the preliminary title report. We want to ensure that there's no other encumbrances on the asset. If there are, we need to make sure they the liens, right? The other liens, liens okay. against the asset. We want to see who actually owns it. Okay. We want to verify that it is an insurable uh legal description and insurable collateral that we can actually collateralize our loan with. Okay. And so that is all done through the, the title um, process. We'll get a preliminary title report, review that. And if there's anything on there that we need to have removed, we'll work with the title company and the borrower to get it removed prior to us originating the loan. So then you go through that entire process. Now, once again, everything's boxes are checked. Are we now getting ready to put the loan in our system or where are we at now at that point? At that point, we're getting ready to put the loan in the system. It has already passed the underwriting uh, aspect of it. We already know the loan to values are good. We already have agreed to uh, the borrower's history, their ability to repay. Mm -hmm. And now it gets put into our system. Once it's put into our system, then we can actually start talking about it to investors. And then that's, we create the fact sheet and we send that out to investors. Basically, you go over all the information that you collected during the discovery period. And then that's what we're articulating to our sales floor as well as our client services people. And then that's when we start raising for the loan, basically. Correct. Yeah. And the, the investment overview that most investors see is mm -hmm. not the full extent of what we look at, obviously. Right. It is a one or two page snapshot of the most mm -hmm. relevant information associated with that particular loan. If there is any other questions outside of what you see on those four corners of that page, mm -hmm. you can obviously reach out to your investment representative who will have that information or know how to obtain that information on your behalf. Mm -hmm. But we have noticed that there's uh, a issue with paralysis by analysis. If we just right. overload too, much, too much information, it just gets a little convoluted as to what's right. relevant, what's important. And so we really try to keep it on the surface level, hit the key points, give the investors enough information to make an educated decision and always, always have the backup to uh, present to the investors if and when it's mm -hmm. called upon. In your opinion, from the moment you see a application for a project to us actually going through and start raising for it, what is the typical timeline for that? If everything's in a perfect world, 
Well, the typical timeline depends on how long the borrower has been with us. Okay. Um, a lot of times it will take a lot longer to mm -hmm. be underwritten the first time around than it will subsequent trips. Uh, that, that's partly due to just the a vetting out process between us and the borrower, getting mm -hmm. to know each other, what information we need, how it's formatted from them so we know where to go to get it. And so that first iteration, the first loan that we do will usually be about four weeks. Okay. Um, and then iterations thereafter will be half that time, depending mm -hmm. on the loan size. Is there any, um, is there anything additional that a borrower would have to give to you? Because a lot of our borrowers do this is they're creating LLCs for specific projects. Does that affect it in some way when they're having to do that when they're applying? It does. Uh, it's the borrower ownership that we need to look into. Mm -hmm. uh, that process isn't too hard. Uh, Operating agreements, uh, LLC documentation from different Stuff municipalities need, right? is all fairly standard, uh, especially when it comes to the municipality information. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't take too long on our part to review that to make sure it's in good standing before mm -hmm. we can uh, get it uploaded. So every new entity that comes in, that's an hour max before right. we have a good understanding of who has signing authority. You bring up a good point when they bring in a new LLC, the mm -hmm. LLC is the one that is obtaining that loan. They're going to right. be the owner of it, but an LLC is, is a non-human. We need to figure out who the human is that's actually going to be writing their signature, their John Hancock, as it were, mm -hmm. on that piece of paper authorizing us to give a loan to that, that entity and make sure uh, all the board of directors, the members, the managers, whoever's the authoritative figure associated with that particular entity has a sign off for it and is, is acknowledging mm -hmm. the new loans uh, being put in place. But that is fairly easy. It's about an hour, mm -hmm. max. You just actually brought up something that uh, makes me think about it right now. What happens if our borrower, who's been the main component for, let's say, five five different loans, right? And then they decide to do another venture, but now they're not the main person. They're still involved in the project, but does that change it? Does that become technically a whole new borrower because the main person isn't the same from the previous deals? It absolutely is. Yeah, we have what are called parent companies. Mm -hmm. And so we wanna see how those current LLCs roll up into their parent companies. Mm -hmm. uh, the parent companies need to be identical all the way through. Okay. If there are different ventures associated with it, if there's different partners along those lines, uh, we will kick them out and, and start kind of their own tree, if you Just will. fresh, okay. Um, but for the most part, that usually isn't an issue. The only time that happens is when somebody who's in a partnership breaks off and goes out on their Do own. Do their own thing, yeah. It's yeah. not usually where they bring in partners for certain deals. Mm -hmm. uh, if they do it, it won't be on an, an ownership basis of the LLC. It'll be on a different uh, operating agreement, or uh, it'll be a scenario where they'll do a profit sharing or something outside of that gotcha. operating agreement. Got it. Well, I think that covers over the basics of how to become a uh, borrower over at Ignite Funding. For those that are wanting to potentially look for funding, please submit your information online, ignitefunding.com. You can do that specifically under the lending criteria page. You guys can see all the different criteria that Pat looks for and his team, specifically on which deals he's looking for and which ones we're willing to fund. You can also schedule a consultation just in case you have more um, detailed information that you need to give to Pat before you do supply that. Um, borrower application. If you need his contact information, it is on the website. You can go under the meet our team. So again, thank you for joining us on today's episode of Deeds in the Desert. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Take care.
Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 